Welcome back to Tome of Tales. Set in the Cantus Expanse, this episode is a session write-up. Run by Ian for the London RPG community on June 30th, 2020. This session was part three of the season six finale called Hold the Line. Continuing directly after the events of the Red Banner. In it, I played Cheryl the Fay Touched, a halfling bard from the Feywild. The Sundered Chains. This is the optimal ground for us to challenge Zeriel's forces, to draw her out keep her attention on us in the hopes that the others succeed. General Cassius explains to all the commanders gathered inside the tent. Commander Cordelia Jadefist of Daring's First Defenders is nodding along whilst Chloris Skysplitter, the errant guard de facto leader, has a grim look on her minotaur face. The Fae, Arvel Morningdew, has a quirk to his lips that makes Cheryl think he finds the plans amusing, if a little simple. Whilst Red, leader of the cavalry of the Order of the Crimson Fist, takes it all in, her face unreadable. We have prepared ground, the general continues. We've managed to put up a few defenses, and High Command has sent us a surprise. General Razorback's deep voice starts to fade away as the steady sound of a beating drum builds in the Fey Bard's ears. Cheryl feels herself withdraw from the plans being discussed, falling into herself. The banging of her heart in her chest is loud, strong, but she doesn't know if it's from fear of what's to come or something else. And how will we know when we are to retreat? Bibi's soft voice silences the drumming like a conductor would an orchestra. There is a weighted pause as everyone looks at each other. That's exactly what I've been asking. Chloris mutters, eyeing the general in a way that suggests this discussion has been had before. The general sighs heavily, leaning onto the table with all of its maps. We knew when we came here that it may well be a one-way trip. I'm assuming there will be some kind of clear indication that what the others are doing, taking out the generator, will have worked. He looks at Baby, and Cheryl sees just how grim the situation really is, even before he speaks. But we cannot afford to fall back. We either make our stand here, fulfilling our role as a distraction, or we will die here in order to buy Kugaran a little more time. Though I appreciate your commitment to the cause, General, Arvel starts, a slight sneer to his face. 
I will not sacrifice my men for your mortal cause. Queen Titania's orders were that we are to assist in any way we can. But if things do become that dire, the glorious company will extract themselves from Avernus, taking Lady Merla with us. He turns his handsome gaze towards her with a nod. The drumming starts again. Commander Arvel. Cheryl says his name, and her voice is not her usual soft tone. There is an edge to it, reminiscent of the Summer Queen's. Ideally, if there is a way to get everyone out of here, then you must do it. Her eyes flash as she looks at him. Everyone who survives today deserves the chance to live for another, to see tomorrow. He seems to pull back a little. Of course, my lady, but I can tell you from my centuries of experience in warfare. The ideal situation is one that rarely comes by. Arvel inclines his head, but to Cheryl, it feels like he is mocking her. She swallows the words she was about to say as General Razorback picks up the conversation again. We hold an advanced position here. His words are drowned out by the sounds of incessant beating getting louder and louder within her. A part of Cheryl still registers the words he is saying about the advantages they would try to give her and her friends, but she cannot seem to make the drums go away, and it worries her. What if she cannot hear one of her friends when they need help? What if one of them dies and they have to leave them behind? What if a sudden rushing sensation, like cool water, washes over her from the crown of her head, cascading down all the way to the heels of her feet? She takes the first easy breath since returning from fighting the vanguard, and suddenly she knows what she must do. Prepare whatever you need to, the general concludes, looking at them all. Make your way to the Sundered Chains when you are ready. This is it. We will protect our homelands from this infernal invasion. Or we will die trying. His words are met with a few silent nods from the commanders. But Cheryl doesn't look at them. She looks at her friends with a new light in her eyes. We've made it this far, she says, locking eyes with each of them. We just need to push a little further. Avernus is a bleak landscape the ground itself burning under their boots. A volcano far off in the distance is erupting, making the ash come down thicker than before. There is no real night or day on this plain, just a perpetual ashen twilight. Bibi is seen weaving between her friends, 
handing each person roses with stems sharpened to dagger points. Cheryl smiles as she accepts her friend's gift, tucking them into the left side of her fey-crafted leather armor over her heart. In the distance, she sees the massive chains that have been coiled up and broken apart. Their positioning forms a hard border for the battle that is about to take place. It is well prepared, Astra says to her, following her gaze. We will not be outflanked. Cheryl's features are sharp-cut crystal. It also means Zeriel's army will be funneled directly at us. Astra looks down at her at the same time Cheryl looks up. It is time. Astra bends a knee, and Cheryl gracefully swoops herself up onto her back. The winged unicorn stands, and azure blue eyes can see all those doing last-minute preparations. Swords are being sharpened, crossbows being readied, soft prayers whispered to far-away gods, chanting in sylvan a fey battle hymn, straps being checked on horses' saddles. The imperial topaz gem of her circlet is bright as a small sun in the ashen gloom, as Cheryl loudly strums a commanding chord on her harp, amplifying it with her innate magic. It does the trick, and the soldiers turn to look at her. Mighty warriors of Kulgaran, of Cantus, and of the summer lands, my kith and kin, do not let fear touch you. Fear is the torrent, the raging river. To fight is to break and drown. Stand astride it, see it, feel it, and use its course. We are all here for one purpose, through a unity, a fellowship that binds us all together this day as we charge once more onto the breach. This day, we hold the line. Zeriel's army is legions vast. The Archduchess believes her cause is just, preordained to succeed. It is not in the stars to hold our destiny but in ourselves. Stiffen your sinews. Summon up the blood. Disguise your fairer natures with hard-favored rage. Hold hard your breath and bend up every spirit to its full height. All of us are proving to the very gods that we have the power to change fate. By all that you hold dear, follow your spirit. Ride the torrent of your fears, and upon this charge, let us hold the line. The cheer that erupts from all, mortal and fey alike, is unlike any music she has heard before. She feels the bonds between them all, from the army in front of her, to her friends, to the group infiltrating the tower, to the bravest of all, facing the Archduchess herself. 
woven through their shared purpose, tying their fates together in a beautiful symphony. And it is powerful. In this moment, she feels she is more than Cheryl the Fae touched, bard of the Feywild, more than Lady Merla of the Summer Court. So, Cheryl, the familiar voice brings her back to where she is as she looks down to the face of her best friend. Remember that key I sent you before? Arcadius asks. I do, she replies. I don't remember telling you what it was for. He trails off, unconsciously opening his wings a little as he shifts from one foot to another. Underneath my bed, in first mail, there's a chest. In the chest is my will and gold. Enough to resurrect me or put on a grand funeral. Your choice. Cheryl raises an eyebrow as her lips quirk into a half smile. And if I'm dead? Well, congratulations. You and Matthew both own first group. His smile as he looks up at her is sad and she hears the drums rise to a crescendo within her once more. That won't happen, Cheryl says, her voice firm. You will see tomorrow. He merely nods, the smile entirely gone. Arcadius. She starts, considering her words carefully. She briefly looks over at Arville on her left before looking back to the tiefling. If something were to happen to me, then I have put my trust in both you and Marcas. Like you, I have made contingency plans should the worst happen. He looks like he's about to say something, but Cheryl rests a hand on his shoulder. Holding his gaze with her own, she gives him a gentle squeeze, and it's like a ray of sunshine is painted across her face when she smiles at him. Courage, dear friend. We have to carry the hope within us. He tentatively smiles back, and she thinks he got the intent of what she wished to convey. A new rumbling catches her attention, and she turns, feeling the drums within rising to meet and catch this rhythm. The steadily increasing stomping of thousands upon thousands of feet marching towards them is unmistakable, and just like that, there is no time left. Arcadius takes to the sky as Astra begins to move forward, Marcas and Taz falling in on either side of her, with Bibi and Igraine behind, and the rest of the army arrayed at their backs. Be safe, be brave, be strong, but please, come back with me alive. She doesn't respond with words, but a feeling to Arcadius's message. Cheryl's smile is a pure and harsh, unrelenting desert sun as she draws her rapier and Astra unfolds her wings, gathering speed. The drumming of her heart reverberates through her body, 
down to the very tips of her fingers, making her hum with a song that she has never felt before. As she sees, in the distance, over the ridge comes the first wave of Zeriel's soldiers. Astra leaps up, and Cheryl cries out, a call to bring swiftness to their wings and haste to their feet as the final charge begins. Everyone, get the fuck out of here! Arcadius's booming voice cuts across the battlefield, breaking through the drumming noise inside her head. Cheryl turns and sees most of the army has retreated. It's just the Fey Bard, her friends, and the cavalry from the Order of the Crimson Fist. Are we retreating? Why are... Merla, look out! Astra shouts the warning through their bond at the same time she whinnies out loud, barrel rolling out of the way from the horned devil, which had tried to knock her mistress from her back. Come, we must leave. Even the glorious company are... Wait! Cheryl commands, and Astra has to obey. The Fey Bard sees Red and her men lining up whilst everyone else is falling back. The drumming noise within her falls silent. No. She tells Astra to fly down to them. Not this. Eyes of piercing green in a face with a crescent moon scar flashes through her mind and her heart constricts at what's unfolding in front of her. Not needing to be told, Astra makes her way over to where the dwarven woman and her mount are preparing for their final charge. I can't ask you to do this, Gretchen. It was the first time she had used Red's true name. She realized in that moment how she may look. A fairy tale princess merely playing at war, trying to talk down the battle-hardened soldier from her duty. But it was more than that. There had to be a way to get everyone out. She would be able to figure it out. Everyone would be able to come home if... You don't have to, Sunshine. That's why I'm a soldier and you're... Whatever you are. Besides, I've already spoken to your flyboy. It's decided. Arcadius? A small frown creases her brow as she starts to fit the pieces together, and her eyes widen as the last part falls into place. But before she can say anything, the Master-at-Arms continues. I appreciate the sentiment, girl, but this is what we do, Gretchen says, her gruff voice soft. Go on now. Get your people to safety. Cheryl hesitates for a beat, a breath, a moment. What could she say that would change Gretchen's mind, make her realize they all could get out? That's the rub. There is nothing I can say that would make Gretchen change her mind, and I should not try to. Someone has to stay behind, so the rest can get out. There are just too many in Zeriel's army. This is where their song will end. I will be the one to carry these final moments with me, to those who need to hear it. This is my part in this story. Gretchen's gauntleted hand shoes her off, 
and Cheryl knows the moment has passed. Astra does not need to be told twice. BB's storm sphere is holding back the Devil Army for now, but any second, they will be able to push through. The magic spent, and they will give no quarter. And neither will Gretchen. Cheryl can see the portal in the distance, her friends dashing towards it as Astra rises up into the ashen sky. It should be harder to see the soldiers of the Crimson Fist, but for some reason, she can still see them all clearly with Gretchen in front. They are like a beacon to Cheryl as she retreats, the last light against the darkness that is pushing forward, threatening, ready to snuff them out. From the depths of her very soul, feeling the gem in her circlet burn with summer's warmth as hot, glistening tears start streaming down her cheeks, Cheryl calls out, clear and calm. Her voice echoes out across the field of sundered chains, washing over the Order's line as it begins its charge. Gretchen turns, and Cheryl locks eyes with the Dwarven woman one final time. There is a nod, which is returned in kind. And then Astra is soaring away, carrying her towards the flickering portal. She cannot look away. Cheryl sees the wall of horse and steel crash into the line of devils. The fiends scream as lances pierce their infernal flesh, getting driven back, and for the briefest of moments, the Feybard thinks the cavalry will succeed in driving back the tide of darkness. But every wave breaks, and all too soon, the charge slows. Lady Merla! Arvel shouts up to her from below. Quick, the portal's unstable. We must depart now! Seeing how far she has fallen behind her friends, the urgency of their retreat jolts through her like lightning. She waves to the Fey commander, and he proceeds to dash towards the flickering portal, throwing a glance up at her to make sure she is focused on retreating with them. Faster, Astra! Cheryl encourages her friend as the tears continue to stream down her face, and her heart twists into knots at the choices that have been made. Be one with the wind! Cheryl takes one last, blurry glance back and sees a horned devil raising its weapon to strike one of the soldiers from his horse. Blinking away the tears, she focuses on the fiend and an explosion of psychic energy radiates out from behind him. Catching him so perfectly and unexpectedly, he clutches his head. The devil succumbing to the effects of the spell, allowing the Order members around him to impale the winged fiend on their lances. Astra keeps flying ever faster. Her friends keep running, and behind them, Cheryl sees the cavalry charge has run its course. The Order soldiers are in the midst of all manner of devils, hacking and slashing at any who try to get past them. It's unbearable to witness, but she must. She will see their bravery to the very end. The Archmage Niklaus Morwing and his students are desperately holding open the portal for everyone fleeing Avernus. The glorious company rush by, the last of the battalions, 
a brigade of bright colors. They are followed by a few stragglers from the errant guard before Astra swoops through. She and Cheryl the last ones to pass through its unstable borders. The portal closes. The rift between the two planes seals, and the orange glow around the land subsides. For the first time since the giant war ended, they can no longer see its presence. Astra gracefully lands in the turnip field. General Razorback is waiting for them and starts thanking Cheryl and her friends for helping to save Gulgaran. The other commanders start to come up to them as well, repeating the sentiments. But Cheryl is only half listening. Her face is covered in ash, and though it is the gloaming hour, Cheryl suspects some people can see the rivers by which her tears had flowed, their clear path marked, plain as day, on her face. She is not aware that tears are still flowing as she watches Bibi, elbow deep in dirt, planting sunflower seeds where the portal was, her hands gently folding the earth over them again and again. Then Arvel comes over, a bright grin on his face. This was a battle well fought, a great campaign. The Fey warrior says, gesturing to them all. Cheryl looks at her friends, notices Arcadius isn't there, and wonders where he has gone. Absolutely wonderful. Surely we will meet again. This was a very exciting and very interesting expedition. I'm sure that there is much we can still achieve together. As Arvel speaks, Cheryl looks around, panic suddenly making her think the worst, stopping her tears. But then, thankfully, Arcadius's voice speaks within her mind. I need to be alone. I feel like crap. She lets out a shaky sigh. Her brow furrows as she tries to find him, but it is getting darker and the wind keeps whipping her hair around her face. Okay, Arcadius. If you need anything, please let me know. I put people to death. I cannot be celebrated for that. She tries to respond, but he is too far away. It's at that moment she realizes Ida is no longer under her armor, and a knot of worry winds itself around her heart for her friend. He will come to you when he is ready. Astra reassures her. I know he will. She rests a hand on Astra's neck and finally notices how much ash is covering both of them. It's as Cheryl is magically getting rid of it from herself and Astra that Arvel comes over to her. Lady Merlin. He says to her in Selvin, bowing. The glorious company and I will return to the summer court from here. It would be an honor if you would accompany us. Together we can regale Queen Titania with our daring exploits on the fields of Avernus. She looks at him for a long moment, her face unreadable, even now hearing a song calling her home. She thinks of Gretchen, of the Crimson Fist, and of the people who should be told exactly what happened at the Sundered Chains. There is something I must see to personally before I can return to the Summerlands. Go ahead of me, 
Let the queen know of our success here. I will be there once my task is complete. He tilts his head a little, giving her a quizzical look, but bows instead of asking the questions she can see he wants to. You are going to speak to the Grand Master, Astra says to her. Varys should hear from someone who was there what happened to his men. It's going to be hard enough on the Order as it is, and I... I want to be there for him. The grip she has on the vines draped around Astra's withers gets tighter as she tries to hold on to the emotions that want to overwhelm her. The winged unicorn tosses her mane before starting to gallop in a westerly direction. Then I shall help you get there swiftly. Picking up speed, Astra takes off, heading towards Zotgoran and the teleportation circle which will take her mistress back to Daring Heights. This has been a write-up of the session Hold the Line, run by Ian, set in the Cantus Expanse, a long-running 5th edition D&D campaign run by the London RPG community. BB was voiced by Rianne Vardelion. Arvel Morningdew was voiced by Alex Allen. Interested in playing games with us? Want to find a place to run some games? Check out the meetup events and join us on Discord. All the links are in the description. Thank you for listening. Tune in again for the next chapter in Cheryl's story. Thank you.